Welcome to GVN's Talking Comics interview. On today's show, we welcome comic veteran John Livesey along with upcoming comic writer-creator Samuel Hain. Here's your host, Martin Sexton. Welcome to another edition of GVN's Talking Comics. I'm your host, Martin, and today we're going to get to do something that we really love to do at Geeks Vibe, and that's to promote upcoming new projects. Now, this is actually not such a new project because this has actually been in the works for a while, but of course, the evil villain of COVID uh, <laughs> stuck his nose into the business. Uh, so uh, now it's getting ready to come out June 7th, uh, which is Slow City, excuse me for not saying the title, Slow City Blues, uh, June 7th on the new uh, funding platform called Zoop. So uh, we're going to talk to the writer-creator, Samuel Hain and John Lipsy and find out what's all going on with the uh slow city blues so let's welcome yeah. into gbn's talking comics thank you thank you yeah, i'm uh sam hayne uh, as you said uh <laughs> writer creator had to learn to do the editor handle all the financials thankfully i didn't have to wrangle the cats like john had to uh <laughs> thank god for, thank god for you john <laughs> <laughs> how you doing john good good um yeah it's, my name is john levisay and uh i handled the inks and finishes on the interior pages. And then also, as Sam just said, I was the artistic coordinator for everyone else. I brought in the rest of the talent for the book, except for Sam. So the penciler, colorist, the letter, and then all the people we had on all our many amazing covers. Right. So, uh, and we're going to get into that because it's a pretty impressive list. Uh, okay, uh, uh, so okay, Sam. Uh, yes. Like I said, um, since uh, you know, since the interview we had with you back in 2019, uh, mm -hmm. kind of go over again exactly how you came up with the story and uh, exactly how you tied in with uh, John and then Jim Shooter and pretty much yeah. how it all came about. Yeah. Uh, so I uh, I I love noir. I'm a big. Uh, Dresden Files fan by Jim Butcher. I have all of his novels. I have all the ancillary material too. I even watched that horrible adaptation on Sci-Fi Canada back in like twenty, uh, like two thousand nine. Even though Paul Blackburn, I think, was really good as Harry. Uh, besides that, I, so I love that book. Uh, I'm a huge uh, Bill Willingham Fables fan. Bigby Wolf is one of my favorite characters. I grew up. You know, watching NYPD Blue uh, and, you know, Law and Order, any Dick Wolf show, I, I, I was a fan of that, like the intricacy of that. Uh, so there was a video game job that was a video game opportunity uh, to write uh, for the adaptation of uh, Fables. They were doing uh, The Wolf Among Us and I almost got it and then I didn't get it. And it was in such a way like I didn't hear from him again. And so it felt, you know, it was very much of like, hey, no, no. I was like, well, I'll show you. I'll do it. I'll write a, I'll write a book. You don't know. I'll do crazy things. And so I, you know, I, I, you know, I was a struggling writer, and I was a server, you know, at a at a Mexican food restaurant in, the, you know, in in the valley. And one day, my brain just kind of opened up, and this very rough shot idea plopped out. And I was on food, you know, I, I, scraping bios on food stamps at the time. I, I you know, saying. You know, Thank, thankfully for the government, you know, the, serendipitously enough, it's like we started this journey on food stamps and I was a bartender until COVID hit and then we ended this journey on food stamps. Uh, but I, I saved up and I, I went on and I found some artists to commission the first handful of pages and then I took it to my 
producing partner uh, for film and TV, Mike Manning. And I went, check this out. And he goes, this is wild. I went, I know, right? I got an idea. And he's like, I don't know. I know one, one comic book person and it happened to be John. Uh, and so then I took, you know, he brought it to John and John took a look at him. He went, well, we need to, we're probably going to need to get a different art team, but the story I think is pretty good. Uh, and he'll always, you know, and he'll, he, he went, let me go get a second opinion. And he brought it to Jim and Jim went like, it was, it, I, I real I, to me, it's akin to that scene in Kill Bill volume two, where Bill takes kid to Pyme. And she kind of just like drops her off and goes like, good luck, kid. Uh, it very much was like, he brought me to gym and he was just like, good luck, kid. And so then we went through, you know, he uh, he became a mentor. He's this, you know, he's prolific. He's legendary. I mean, he he's, you know, he's helped guide some of the careers of the best, you know, Miller and Claremont. And, you know, he cre he created uh, a battle world and secret wars. And it's, so mm -hmm. it's like to get to learn cr my craft from him was I was beside myself and he helped, he really helped, you know, kind of like help me hone in the story and then taught me the ins and outs. You know, it was, uh, I, I love the, what he, what he would say. He's like, I screamed at Sam and he thanked me. It very much was like, I, I went to Catholic school. So I was used to like, you know, getting quacked, you know, so I'm all very stick and no carrot. And Jim, you know, Jim is, Jim is a no nonsense guy. And I, I took to that. Cause you know, it's, it's like, uh, if he didn't yell or if he, his whole thing it's like if he didn't yell he didn't care you know so he cared very much and he imparted <laughs> me with as much as he possibly could and then it was almost like a mother bird and her baby birds where it was like okay I taught you everything you could I took you as far as you can now get out of my nest you know and so he's like go and fly I you know I, I gave you as much as I could I have I have other things I have to do I'm Jim Shooter you know <laughs> dude's a busy guy <laughs> so then John, uh, we went through a handful of, you know, he, he thankfully, uh, I, I tease him and I call him the mayor of town, but everybody loves Let Us Say. And he put, you know, we, he, we put together this, he, excuse me, he and only John <laughs> put together this fantastic art team with Sean and Dave and Thomas. Uh, and then, you know, we, we fast forward a handful of years and, you know, some trials and tribulations. Uh, and then, you know, the world getting turned upside down later and we, we, you know, having some hiccups. Now we get to talk to Geek Vibe Station again and we get to hang out with you. Huh. Well, you're lucky people, I got to say. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> Very uh, grateful. Yeah. Okay. So, John, uh, so what was it that, you know, in the initial, you know, look-see of uh, uh, Samuel's story, what, what did you see in there that you thought uh, that kind of got your attention? Um. Oh, it was, it was very unique and different from a lot of the stuff that I had been doing as a pro for many years. So I thought I had had a lot of people ask me over and over again, if I was going to do a creator own book, you know, when, and I, I just never, I don't know. I never put any thought into it. I was always busy just doing Marvel and DC stuff, you know, every day. So, you know, this weirdly enough, this just showed up and fell in my lap. So it seemed, it seemed really good. And you know, I just, I was like, you know what, I'm going to just take a chance and jump right in. And we just, we just got it going. So the train kept moving and we kept adding more and more people on, whether it was, you know, we, we got the pencil next and then the letter and then the colorist. And then I started, you know, latching onto all the cover artists. So it just kept moving along. So, I mean, is this the first time that you've kind of coordinated all of that? Yes. Uh, and, yes, yes. Uh, 
that, okay, so you didn't have any uh, intimidation to doing that, or just you know, uh, not. I don't know. I just I was just being me, and I, I'm pretty good about communicating with people and talking. So you know, with just I reached out and told them what the project was, and you know, I called Sean. You know, we had worked previously on one tiny short story for Marvel many years ago, and. I completely forgot about it until he reminded me. <laughs> and, um, you know, we talked for a while. We hit it off. I sent him the script or the whole story. That's thing I've been done for the first mm -hmm. storyline. And he liked it and he just came on board. And, you know, I don't know. It just wasn't with, you know, reaching out to the cover guys. Um, I was I was pretty good friends with about half of them. And the other half, I just cold emailed just expecting flat out no's like right away because I didn't know them and um, but they were generous enough to fit us into their very busy yeah. schedules and they you know did some amazing pieces and so actually I mean like I said I was looking at some of these names it's, it's kind of of course uh, I've been a big fan of David Finch uh, oh, everybody and, is. Right, and uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I actually have talked to Pat Oluf uh, recently about another book he was doing but uh, yes. like I said, I just find it amazing that uh, you you can just like ask all these people and they say, hey, yeah, sure, uh, okay, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I I was again, I was exp I've been I've been very good friends with Pat for a, a long, long, long time, and we've worked. I think in the very long career I've had, I've done the longest stretch over Pat and over Howard Porter. You know, so I did a, a very, very long stretch of pages over Pat at Marvel, and then with Howard over at DC when we were on the Flash. And then we went over and did a big DC Universe book. So we have done, I, I've done, I think, I think I did like around 800 pages with Howard or something, wow. like, a, like wow. a crazy amount with uh, Pat. Pat was like four or five, but um, they're both great guys. And, you know, they're very, very good friends of mine. And, you know, a handful of the other guys I was friends with too. So it just, it worked out and everybody was very generous with um, coming on board. Uh, now, just kind of actually a sidetrack question. You do traditional ink, pen and ink. You yes. don't do the digital thing. Uh, I, you know, uh, and honestly, I don't know how to do the digital inks. I, I've i just always been hand, you know, dipping my quill in the ink and going right in the board. I don't know how to do digital inks. I have not. I can do a little, when I'm scanning my pages before I would send them Marvel and DC, yeah. if I had to. I can do a little bit of cleanup. Like if I'm, if it's a double page spread, you know, when you put on a scanner, you have to scan one, one piece at a time and then you have to put them together in Photoshop. So I, about my knowledgeability of that, I can clean up the, the big black line in the middle of the two pages. So I can do that and it's kind of about it. <laughs> so I, I, it's embarrassingly bad that I, I should be more well-versed in it. And that's just on me. I would no, it you. makes it amazing. He has all those originals on board. You get to, you know, he'll take them and show them, and it's, you know, it's it blows your mind how how detailed, and, you know, how meticulous they are. And that's why I said, um, you know, and I've actually only just started messing with digital ink a little bit because I would be scared to death to touch any artist's stuff trying to ink over because yeah. I know my, my pen would splatter yeah, somewhere, and uh, next thing you know. <laughs> I've heard that a couple of times where there's, there's a couple of the guys who they've never inked over a pencil board. They've only done blue lines or they just have inked it, you know, digitally on the, on the tablet. But yeah, the same thing. They're just, they're petrified of really screwing it up. But my thought on that is like, you know, you have to, that's how you learn. You just jump right in and, you know, 
yeah, I, I mess stuff up, you know, I'll make a smudge and I don't know what happens because I just ran out, I blew my arm or, you know, you hit something and the nib will split and you get a splatter. So that's why they have white out, you know, as long as it's not some sort of crazy. I had one here, I'll give you one quick story where I almost had a heart attack. I was doing some pages at a um, long, long time ago at Extreme on this, uh, I think it was a profit, initial profit or something. It was a splash page. And it was colossally late. Like I had to drive up to get the pencils like at 11 a.m. And I had to have the whole page done by six or something. And then drive, this is before I even had a scanner. I had to drive the page to um, Extreme Studios. And I'm just, just going through, going through, going through. And all of a sudden it's done. You wait a few, you know, I waited my allotted five minutes for the page to completely dry before I erase it. <laughs> and there was one spot that I guess I really just layered that ink on that that uh, black area uh -oh. it wasn't completely dry and i just did that i was erasing did this and this and it did one black streak up and down and i just about had a stroke <laughs> and i was like oh! so i think on top of it being you know the 11th hour i had to go and wipe all that out and fix it oh yeah that Ooh. was one of the probably worst accidents of um doing it regular you know because it's digital that's nah, no big deal you know, whatever and yeah. even if you're doing a blue line you don't have to race a page so there is the only luxury yeah. of doing blue line which i will you know go along with is like you save that step of erasing the page yeah All right. okay okay so yeah you guys are going to be using zoop for your book yeah. uh and i've never i actually up until this point i had never really heard it uh so what are the advantages of using zoop as opposed to you know kickstarter or any of the other crowdfunding uh, I mean, John, John can tell you, and I'm sure everyone that you've spoken to who's done a Kickstarter, it's a second full-time job. So like trying, thankfully for us, all five issues are done. All the covers are in. We're ready to go. There'll be no latency there, but normally they have to still draw the book or they're in the midst of drawing the book. And so not only do they have a full-time gig having to create the book, they have another full-time job on top of that, uh, trying to run this campaign and so i you know zoop is it's 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 the best of both worlds and i'm so surprised that it hasn't been done before because as great as it is for creators it's just as good for the customers i mean on the creative side they handle the they help you handle the campaign they handle the marketing they handle the fulfillment they handle the distribution they hand you know they handle all of that. Uh, they, they asked us for a quote because we're the first ones out the gate with them. And so when you go to create, they go to approach other creators or when other creators approach them, uh, it's Zoop handles the heavy lifting. So pros can focus on the work they want to do. They take the owl out of crowdfunding, which it, they, they really do on our <laughs> side. But on the customer side of things, they, they make it as easy as Amazon Prime. There's no backer kit, so you have to go back and add, add stuff after the campaign's done. There's no trying to, you know, having to use your credit card, your son's credit card, your wife's credit card, your dog's credit card to get all the variant covers you want. It's just point and click and however, you know, click, 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 however many you want of whatever you want. It's simple, easy peasy. And so that was what really drew us there. And on top, not only do they handle the heavy lifting, uh, going through it, you know, a, a more traditional publisher route and going through the like all the middlemen, uh, you you lose a lot of that profit, you know, and these and, and my and our team has, as you know, has worked a very long time. And so we didn't we weren't really looking to give up ownership and Zoop helps keep uh, keep as much profit as possible so we can kind of keep the lights on and 
keep everything going, uh, but make it as easy as possible for the funding side of things. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, so you yeah. uh, you brought in uh, Sean Mall as the artist mm -hmm. and uh, Baron as your colorist. Uh, was that something that you had to pitch to them to do, or exactly how did that work? And did the work surprise you any as as they produced it? That's a John. Um, well, <laughs> like I mentioned earlier about bringing Sean on board, he you know we had our talk and I he kind of was into it, and I sent him the story, then he really gave us a firm yes and he jumped on board and after i got a good amount of the pages ink then we reached out to david baron and it, it, it worked out well because i've worked with him a handful of times on books and sam had known and met him as well so they were familiar with each other and it randomly worked out because when we asked him he's so busy i didn't think his yeah. schedule was gonna allow it but he made it work and you know he's all done and a uh, good friend of mine, Jeremy Hahn, recommended uh, Thomas for our lettering and production, and he's worked with him on a ton of books. So he's been he's been great. So yeah, yeah. it's just it, it's very nice to see everything um, finished and seeing how the, the colors laid down on the page and stuff. So it's been very nice. It's been a trip to as a you know being the to, uh, having a being a first time at bat, like getting to experience and have being able to lean on all of these you know all of these seasoned veterans and pros uh to really kind of shore up any you know any of my weak spots like traversing that learning curve so it was it was such a treat to be able to work with sean whose expressions and like the physicality because he does a lot of like brazilian jiu-jitsu so he knows how the body moves and having john and you know and he's so meticulous and it's so clean and it's so it's so well detailed and then having dave who's just like a modern master in his field to really bring everything together so it was such a pleasure to get to work with them. You know, I, I feel like I probably got spoiled. You know, like if this is my first time at bat, my high water mark is so high. Like <laughs> it'll never like I'll just I'll just do slow city blue stuff with these guys. One thing we haven't talked about, don't give me the pretty much for our fans, give us <clears throat> kind of the plot of what's uh, what the book's about. I will do I'll do you one better and I'll give you both the series overview and I'll give you then the first story arc oh, overview. So the, the series overview <laughs> Thank you. So the series overview is uh, a detective becomes trapped inside his imagination after a horrible accident, and he then has to clean up Slow City, which is the fig a, a, a physical construct of his imagination, if he's ever going to make it home to his wife and son uh, and fix his life. The So that's for the whole series. For this story arc, it is it's the same. Uh, a detective is trapped inside his imagination after a horrible accident uh, where he he and his uh, partner, a six foot six smart Alex skunk, have to race to solve a double a gruesome double homicide before a gang war erupts and destroys Slow City. Okay. okay, now we actually we talked a little bit about the about the skunk before we got started here, but mm -hmm. we're gonna talk about him again. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, like I said, you don't see too many six foot six inch skunks named Moo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, where did the concept of Moo originate? That is, uh, that's on John. That's John's fault. <laughs> <laughs> that's John's fault. He originally was a raccoon named Rack. Uh, very original. Uh, I called him up and I went. It's a raccoon. And he, and he goes, no, dummy, it's not a raccoon. And I go, well, why not? 
being indignant, you know, because <laughs> I had a great idea. He goes, why do you think you made it a raccoon? That's a, that's a smart ass, pardon my French. Uh, and I went, I don't know, because it's funny. And he went, no, how about <laughs> what other funny raccoon did you probably just read about or watch? And I went, uh, he goes, maybe Rocket Raccoon. And there was a long pause and I went, I'll find another rodent, okay, bye. And I hung up on him, okay, I gotta <laughs> find another one. I call him back and I went, it's a skunk. It's hilarious. It's funny. Skunks are funny. And then I hung up again. Uh, actually, when I was told you, I read through the first issue and mm -hmm. you do these little sidebar things that to me, that's kind of my gig. Uh, when I write, yeah. I do all these little sidebar things, you know, talking about the Disney thing and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought, and I thought they were hilarious. Uh, oh, thank so, you. Uh, uh, I'm actually looking forward to seeing uh, maybe hopefully more of that as we get along here. Okay, Absolutely. Uh, all right. So, uh, like I said, we're starting June uh, 7th. To the yes. So, will all the all the issues be available at that point? Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess uh, today it's out now. All five issues are out. We're going to have them in a really nice hardcover, or for the people that love floppies, and we and as John said, you said we have such a great cover lineup. We have a, uh, a an A and B box set, and we're doing them in like really nice slip cases, uh, so you can get all of your all of the floppies that you want. Uh, so even if you're a collector or if you just want the one, you know, the hardcover, we have we have the whole story arc for you to uh, digest right away. Okay, so now if this goes as successfully as we all imagine it will, uh, do, you have, uh, yes, uh, so do you have other stories with uh, Slow City Blues in mind for this? Or was this kind of just a, uh, a set, you know, five issue story and that's kind of where you left it? Uh, we we tell a complete noir right so we have a very satisfying end because that was something that was you know kind of drilled into me by jim was clarity and making sure you tell a status like every piece has to be a satisfying piece it can't just you know you can't just leave hanging you know hanging chads right from the right. 2000 election uh <laughs> but i have uh i have the next story arc written and the next couple ones after that planned out and then i know where we're going for the whole series uh, I'm really if if this does well and people really like it and they want to see more of it, we the the world gets a lot deeper and a lot wider. Uh, so the next story arc will be anywhere from 12 to 15 issues, and we'll still you know try our very best to give it to you in that big like season drop Netflix kind of chunk bingeable you know bingeable model. Uh, but it's like it, it, as wild as the first issue is, and as wild as the whole first story is, the next story gets <laughs> even crazier. Like it's bonkers, bananas, wild. <laughs> well, I say, well, well, I know it was effective because, like I said, after I read the first issue, I'm thinking, wait, that's it? Wait, <laughs> I was looking for, of course, I was looking for uh, the rest of the story. So uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, so uh, that's pretty much all I've got. But I need to know, do you after you know? After this, do you got something else? Any other projects uh, going? Okay, let's start with you, John. Yeah, I mean, other than us ready to jump into doing the next Slow City storyline, um, I'm just, whenever random Marvel or DC gigs show up, I just got back onto inking Chris Pacello. So um, I was one of his like um, group of inkers for the last five years, five years. And um, there was a little bit of a break last year with COVID, you know, Marvel put a lot of their books on hold. So now we're back to it. So um, we're on nonstop Spider-Man. So I, the issue I started back on was issue three, which will be out next week. 
So, um, and yeah, there's just one random gigs coming up. I'm doing that, but um, we want to focus on really making sure we're um, all our attention is on this for the moment. But yeah, random things come up. You know, I'm doing them. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, how about you, Sam? For me, I'm uh, writing is rewriting. So we'll be honing and refining the next story arc. Uh, but also, this gave me the confidence. Uh, I have a, I, my other mentor is the novelist Kristen Hanna. And so she's helping me, or at least like guiding me, you know, the, not exactly the school of hard knocks like Jim, but like overseeing, uh, I'm writing my first novel. And then I uh, was really excited because it's the seventh. And so people will kind of already know this, but I want to talk about it specifically with you, Martin. Uh, yeah. We're also looking for some alternative exploitation for Slow City Blues. So you can have it and take it in with your eyes and hopefully you'll be able to uh, have it, have it, download into your brain in other ways possible too <laughs> very soon all right well, well fantastic okay uh well like i said uh, that's all i have for you and we're going to be following this quite uh closely as it comes out uh, more than likely uh every time we get one of these uh crowdfunding projects uh my our bank uh, our bank account goes a little smaller because I have <laughs> mine, uh, which uh my wife will thank you for that i'm sure i said she's thanked everyone else that i've so I hope it's a really cool book. <laughs> but uh, I appreciate it. Like I said, and we'll be uh, following behind you guys real closely. Also, oh, Sam, okay. maybe okay. mentioned, you know, with that price in mind, we're having an oh. amazing early bird deal today yes. and tomorrow. So go in and For check out. the first out, 48 hours. Yeah, the first 48 hours are going to have a lot of the items we have, which we don't have a, a ton of items, but the few we have are very nice. And we're going to have, yeah. a, you know, some good deals today and tomorrow price-wise. Yeah. And some, exclusives, and some exclusives that you can only get today and tomorrow. So if you guys want to, if you want to check out uh, the Finch You're cover, on the video. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll have, that is the David, that's our David Finch cover for those that are on the video or just listening on audio. It is a virgin black and white uh, exclusive, early bird exclusive of the first issue. You can grab only for the first 48 hours though. So that's mm. something to check out. Yeah. Yeah, see, dear, that's it's Sam and John's fault if I spend up spending money. See, it's your fault. No. Okay. I was say, you know where to address the letters to. Yeah. All, day. All right, guys. As I said, we'll uh, we'll keep following it and hopefully talk to you again real soon when especially when yes. you're, like, you're doing your next book. Yeah, and you can you can find everything at wearezoop.com. Yeah, or right. zoop.gg. So go now, check it out. All there right. you go. Thank you. All right, thank you very much, guys. Thank you for listening to GVN's Talking Comics. Please come back again. Talking Comics is a production of Geek Vibes Nation. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.